Welcome to another episode of the Hugo Floss Podcast. We are recording today on August 8th, 2021. It's another Sunday. If it's another Sunday, it must be another Nancy Hugo. No, it's the same Nancy Hugo. And how are you, Dan, on this fine, wonderful Sunday morning? Uh, mostly okay. Uh, we, we're getting the smoke from the various wildfires coming through Vegas. So our air quality took a big dive over the weekend. And so my allergies are that much more exciting. So bear with me if I have to hack up a, a smoky lung. But other than that. No problem. We're getting used to your coughing and your allergies. So don't worry about it. I notice a lot of people on the radio have the same problem. So today is a, um, time is going fast. And the faster it goes, the more negatives I hear about the uh, lockdown, the pandemic, the masks, et cetera, et cetera. I know we keep saying we don't want to talk about it, but that really is one of the major um, subjects that everybody's talking about, whether they're complaining about not wearing a mask or not wanting to stay home. They're even talking about, I think, people continue to work from home rather than start to open up the uh, various offices. Have you heard that? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I've made the fire analogy before. The embers were not completely out and the fire is back. And uh, it's one of those things like, ah, I hate talking about the fire. Like, yeah, but your house is on fire. Don't you want to talk about that? Eh, I'm tired of talking about it, <laughs> but your house is on fire. So, you know, uh, I mean, it's, I would say it's the majority that- of people haven't experienced a fire, but to experience it is like one of the catastrophes you don't ever want to live through or experience. Right. But it, it, you can't just, I'm tired of uh, uh, premature celebration is part of the problem. So. Like, ah, we don't have to talk about it anymore. The pandemic is over. Woohoo. Uh, oh, it's not? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, but it's still not. Yeah, well, right. And it seems to be getting worse and worse as we uh, go day by day. More cases. I just heard that in Arizona, 90% of the ICU hospital beds are um, taken. So more and more people are getting sick. Um, sad. I don't know. Will we ever get rid of this? I think it's with us to stay forever. I hate to be uh, a pessimist because usually I'm optimistic about everything, but it seems like it doesn't, uh, it's not getting any better. It, it was, it gets better. It's like the up and down curve. It gets better and then it goes down and then it gets better a little bit and then it gets worse. Did people get do? polio today? No. So, um, if you if you listen to <laughs> this week in virology with uh, D- Daniel Griffith, he actually makes a comment about this. He goes uh, for this week, so posted what Friday yesterday. Um, he said, you know, everybody thinks that people used to take their vaccines and whatnot, but the polio vaccine it took five years to get everybody vaccinated. Mm, wow! So we have a cure for this disease. Here it is. You just have to get an injection and, and, and uh, well, this like one's it. a little bit different from what I understand, because we have the variants and then we have the 
uh, variants of the variants, and then we have a new variant popping up. Uh, I don't know. If right. But as, as, as he points out, um, so it, even though it missed the, uh, the July 4th goal, uh, as of what, as of first week of August, uh, that, yeah. So one month later, 70, 70% or so of the population has started with their first shot of a two shot protocol. If there is, if they're taking two, so 70% of the population eligible population has begun their vaccination process. 50% have already been vaccinated. Right. So I don't know. Is 70% a true number? Um, I don't know, but 70% of the eligible population has allegedly started the vaccination or finished. Right. So, Mm -hmm. that's 70% of the legal population. What about all those people coming through the borders? I heard that 800,000 people are here and uh, they haven't been vaccinated from what I've heard. And a lot of them are just crammed into living quarters and a lot of them are sick with COVID, but also with other things that they're importing from their native land. So said a lot of people are saying. So what I'm saying is, are, do you want to doubt that there are a lot of immigrants coming over the border illegally and just uh, for the sake of numbers? A lot of them are sick. Okay. So I, I have no comment on that. I have no idea. But the point that I was making was it took five years to get the, the polio vaccine into enough people so that it made a difference on that disease. So we are seven months into uh, the availability of multiple vaccination protocols, right? Whether you're taking two shots of Moderna, two shots of the Pfizer, BioNTech, or if you're taking Sinovax, Novavax, Oxford, AstraZeneca, there's probably more. There are more. So seven months in, the United States is at 50% fully vaccinated of the of the eligible population. The kid thing is tricky. But unfortunately, now more kids are becoming sick. So the whole the tired and false trope that kids don't get it, kids don't spread it, was total BS. And people are paying for that now. So, yeah. We'll see how it happens. But yeah, we're only seven months into the vaccination availability and uh, took five years for polio. So so we'll see. So uh, I, I was I, saying at the beginning, well, I guess we're going to have to wait till 2025. And I wasn't that far off, if you think about it, if this follows the same um, timeline as polio. Um, I guess you'd have to look at the first seven months of the polio vaccine availability and see what the percentage of fully vaccinated people was at that time to see if you're following the trend. It's more of a comparison rather than a goal. So the okay. point is though, that this actually did move along pretty quickly, all things considered. So I think it's, it would be a mistake to, uh, to say it's tiring or boring because that's how we got where we are now because people didn't want to deal with it. They're tired of it and uh, it's boring. I'm just going to go to Vegas and party. Are they still coming in by the uh, plane loads? I haven't looked at tourist data for the past couple of weeks. 
since they reinstituted the mask and all that. But um, August 17th, the county, I think, was supposed to meet again to talk about the current mitigation efforts. The the test positivity rate is up to 16.7% as of Friday, as of Thursday when they report on Friday uh, on the 6th. So up to the 5th, 16.7% in Clark County. So I, my personal prediction was it will be up around 20 by the middle of August. So I got another week. We'll see, but we too are hitting the hospitalization issues. So hospital capacity People are sick. People are dying. We, the state of Nevada has lost more than 6,000 people to the COVID and its complications. From the beginning. From the beginning. Yeah. So and, what is uh, the rule now with the mask in the casinos? Um, the last time, I think it was last week, you said the people coming in uh, to play games or whatever in the casinos. They don't have to wear a mask, but all the people, the employees of the casinos have to wear that a mask. Was, is that still? That was, before they, no, that was before they reinstituted the mask requirements for anybody indoors. So initially they said it was employees and of anybody in a retail establishment where you're engaging with customers. And most people said, well, that's, that's only half the deal. That, that, that seemed dumb. And then uh, the governor came out like last week. Was it last week? I don't know. Two weeks ago now? Anyway, I, yeah. So no, it's anybody, anybody indoors. Oh. oh. Mm, so okay. if you're if you are inside, you must wear a mask. But for example, the Smiths didn't put back up their social distancing floor stickers and the one-way signs in the aisles and all that. So basically, if the letter is where, the letter of the law, so to speak, uh, you must wear a mask indoors, but it used to be you must wear a mask indoors and observe social distancing uh, minimums. But because they didn't do that last part, uh, people are standing right behind each other in line at the store. I just saw this last night. Um, guy, I'm not wearing a mask. And nobody says, well, you have to leave because that's, the, that's the, the new law. It's back and, you know, it's engaged again. So nobody says anything and he's standing there and he's taller than the person in front of him and he's breathing on this person. So yeah, whatever. Nobody says anything. Nobody cares. Mm. So we'll see. I, I mean, there's a reason that we are doing as well as we are with our numbers increasing. Yeah. Well, I was in a situation last week where I was with two other people and all three of us were wearing a mask. We were inside and no other people, just the three of us. And we were there for about two hours. We went outside, kept the mask on. And the following morning, one of the people let me know that he was with a person five days before that who was tested positive and they didn't wear masks for this social gathering. And the person who was testing positive decided not to tell anybody that he was never vaccinated, which I think it's, it's your duty to tell people, especially if you're going to get close and talk to them. You, you should say, well, I haven't been vaccinated. If you want to talk to me, fine. Otherwise, go away. So this person really uh, created havoc because I'm in a situation, as you know, where I cannot afford to get the COVID germ in our house. And so I immediately put a mask on. The person who was talking to this idiot who didn't get vaccinated, 
um, had done that five days before. So he was able to get tested, but then he had to wait to get his results. In the meantime, I had to wear a mask 24 seven until I find out, found out if he was negative or positive. And luckily, uh, the person that I spoke to that I was with was negative. But this, this little exercise just created a lot of worry and a lot of um, disdain, a lot of being upset. And it wasn't necessary if this moron who was in the social gathering decided uh, to wear a mask just for the heck of it. But he wasn't going to do anything. Now, where do we put these people? Number one, it's your right if you don't want to get the vaccine. But I think you owe it to people if you're going to be in a social gathering, if you're going to be closer than six feet or eight feet or 10 feet, to tell people, I haven't been vaccinated. If you want to talk to me, fine. Otherwise, stay away. Um, this guy didn't do that. I think uh, he should be, well, what do you think? Should they be penalized? Should they be fined? Or should they be tarred and feathered? Something. You can't just go along not letting people know that you weren't vaccinated. I think at least put a little sign on your chest that says, nope, <laughs> didn't get the vaccine. Like a scarlet letter or yeah, yeah, a right. David or something. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, this go, you know, should you be able to require people to be vaccinated to get back to work? Students require, there's going to be lawsuits from some universities that I'm reading about that. The, man, the mandate for students to get vaccinated is illegal. We we don't want it. So mandate's bad, but you should require people to tell you. But that's uh, and then people mistakenly think that's a HIPAA violation, which it is not. Um, so all this silliness. But uh, the 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 point that you raise really is this person's lack of awareness, lack of courtesy, and whatnot has this ripple effect that people mm -hmm. don't know or care about. Like, eh, I don't want to wear a mask because of me, me, me. It's like, well, yeah, but you're causing everybody around you to be concerned. And then they have to tell everybody that they come in contact to be concerned. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like the AIDS education that everybody received in the 80s. Like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. now you're meeting with everybody that your friend met with for the past two weeks. <laughs> right, right. To, to make, to continue that analogy. So, yeah, it's, it's tricky. Uh I also it, heard, it is worth talking about because it is still affecting everybody yeah. and it will continue well, to. I mean, the first thing I say to people when I meet them, which is terrible, but I say, oh, hi, have you been vaccinated? Now, you know, I think it's my right if you want to continue talking to me to let me know if you have or have not. And if you have not, don't get in my face. That's plain and simple. Right? That, that's, that seems fair. Uh, it, I almost think it should be treated like smoking. Like, I mean, smoking is more obvious, but like yeah. if somebody, if somebody is not vaccinated in their smoking or breathing, <laughs> right? Like it, to be courteous to people around you, you don't smoke and blow smoke in their face. So similarly, you shouldn't, even if you are vaccinated, you shouldn't, you should behave as though you're not. That's the safe way to go. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that means wear a mask or go outside to smoke, right? Th these inconveniences actually have sound reasoning behind them so so i don't know and uh, yeah I go, i've been going to the gym a little bit not not every single day like i was more like every other day or 
because I really don't want to deal with the fact that people there don't care. So, oh, so, so they about are they percent just don't. Are they required to wear to wear a mask at the gyms? I mean, they're indoor, lucky they didn't shut them down again. Indoors, wear a mask. Mm-hmm. They've made it so much more simple. Yeah. <laughs> if you're indoors, wear a mask. That's it. So. And people at the gym, they put up the signage. The gym sent out an email to everybody. And the tone of the email was, oh, well, we got to do it again. You know, so they weren't, they weren't, uh, you got to kind of buy in, right? You can't, you can't wink and not, and, uh, you know, yeah, you got to wear a mask, you know, but not really. Well, so I did. The gym, they don't enforce it. I saw a sign at Sprouts yesterday. It said, we suggest that you wear a mask before coming into the store. So half the people wore a mask and the other half didn't. What do you do then? Well, I stay away from people. I wear my mask. Everybody who was working there had a mask on. Uh, yeah. I take, well, I take that back. Was... I take that back. About 90% of the people who worked there had a mask. Uh, it's really uh, funny that several people who worked there didn't have a mask. I thought that they would require that. So it, it's a hit and miss, you know, take your chances. But I know you hate when I say I heard this, but I did hear this. I heard that it, Wuhan had five cases, I guess, recently, and they shut down the city. And the comment was, well, that's why they have better control than we do, because as soon as they got a couple of cases, boom, shut it down um, until everything was clear. So, yeah, well, they... Shanghai airport sometime last year had a couple of cases detected and they shut the whole airport down and they, you know, so they, they take swift action because. Cause they can. That's a different point. Yeah. So they, they, there, nobody is going, I have a right to carry a gun and not wear a mask and you know, all that silliness. They. Well, here's an interesting point. I heard that there is no, um, nobody against what they say when they say, okay, we're shutting the city down because it's a one party system. So nobody's going to argue. Whereas here we have a more than two party system sometimes, and they're arguing, well, you said this and I said this and we shouldn't do this. And yeah, we should do that. Uh, so you know, the pros and cons for a, a one-party system, I guess. But in the case of health... Well, science should not be political. So right, it's unfortunate right. that it is. Yeah, it is. Um, and talking about polit- politics, what about that Cuomo? That guy is a real case. So Are you talking from, about Chris or the other one? The other it's one. so hard to keep track of the Cuomo brothers and who's doing what stupid thing. Yeah, well, they're both stupid, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> one feeds into the other. And their father started it. But uh, Andrew, Mr. Uh, Governor, uh, I like the way he has been, um, he's being charged with um, all sorts of molestations or uh, sexual innuendos or touching or whatever. But last year, didn't he write that book about how wonderful he was? They said he is the most narcissistic person they know. And then he gets an Emmy for it? Or what did he get? I, I was thinking he was going to get a Nobel Peace Prize or something. The guy is a joke. And I think everybody on both sides of the aisle suggests that he just walk away. And his attitude is, nope, I'm staying. So I think that's not funny. I think it's pathetic. I, I think um, he showed his true colors with the, um, the nursing home fiasco during the height of the pandemic. 
didn't take advantage of the ships that were given to him, didn't take advantage of the ventilators that were offered. And then he comes across thinking he is the best thing since sliced bread. The guy is really full of himself and they should send him to China maybe. I don't know, that's a good one. Um, so, so much for my political uh, comments, right? Yeah. I, I notice you're being quiet. Um, so let's talk about the thing that really irks me. Well, it's not just this week. It's an ongoing thing. Why do people talk to me in a sing-song way like I'm an idiot? I always get this, how are you? Typically, it's the, uh, the young generation, anywhere from 18 to 30, I'm going to say. They work either in a store or a doctor's office, um, on the phone uh, for their insurance company, whatever it is they tend to have this sing-songy thing, makes them sound like morons, like they don't have a brain in their head. And they're talking to me and everybody else because I have asked people if I'm the only one that they do this to, but no, they talk to people like they, like uh, we are so stupid, they have to sing it so we can understand it. And I wish they'd get off that pedestal they're on and act human. That and talking with that like Thing. Everything is like I was saying, like if you like this, like have you ever read interviews of people? I mean, the written word where you can actually see how many times they say like because they'll usually um, write it verbatim what the like a transcript. Yeah. yeah. And they they cannot talk without saying the word like 40 times in their conversation. When are these people gonna get mature and sound like they're educated? Although I have heard people who have gone to college and there again, that doesn't mean you're smart just because you went to college, but they really should listen to themselves speak and be critical and open so that they sound a little smarter than they are. What do you think about that? Like Dan, like? They should sound like a broadcaster, you know? I think, uh, I think most people there, I have a smart speaker or two here from my IOT travels. And so I usually do a <clears throat> flash briefing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, I was concerned that if I said that, that's the command you say uh, to the, you know, you, you exclaim the activation word and then say flash briefing and it'll give you the morning rundown. And they, uh, local news, especially, they'll have someone who, is available, I guess, to read the news for this. So that's it's an audio product. So you're supposed to read the news, just like radio news. And the people that they get will be completely un. Uh, I'm not gonna say unprofessional. It, it, they're not. They're ill-equipped to do this broadcast, and they just sound awful. So like uh. So but, they're, they're reading um, it, but they're saying, I mean, reading I, it. I assume, and, yeah. I assume they're reading a script, but if they happen to be engaged with someone else, like if, 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 it's, if it's more like a broadcasting an interview or an interaction, like they, they'll clip a segment from something and they insert into the, the flash briefing. So, so, oh, so what do you think about people wearing masks? Well, like, um, 
they say that the governor's office will, um, yeah, so th they don't really have their oration. Yeah, yeah their professional hat isn't on. Um, and so that's an, not reading because yeah. anybody can read. Yeah. Well, you can read in a very monotone voice or you can put some energy and personality into it. Right. Well, but when you go off the paper and you start saying, uh, and but, and you sound like you don't know, you're like, uh, and when people use that as a word, right? If you, you can turn oh, your yeah. head away, if you, if you want to say, uh, you can say, uh, you can turn your head away from the mic, like you're going to cough, but instead it's, uh, I know. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That's why I don't watch the local news here because it was always bantering between them. It's like, it's like, I tuned in to watch, to listen to the news, to see what's going on. Not the two of you talking about uh, where you went last night or, oh, this is so funny. And, and then they start laughing and um, kibitzing. And that's what they sound like. Uh, just put a drink in their hand and they could be at a party. So I don't, I don't appreciate that. I think there are people who have such good um, habits when it comes to being interviewed, not to bring up my podcast that I've been doing for many, many years, but there have been certain guests that are so um, eloquent when it comes to speaking and answering my questions or just talking back and forth. And then there have been some real duds. I won't mention names, but apparently I haven't asked them to do a second podcast. Um, how do you get people to practice? Probably the best thing, if you guys out there want to uh, sound better, either in an interview or even when you're talking to somebody, record your conversation and play it back and you'll see how stupid you sound for the most <laughs> part, <laughs> right? So uh, send those emails to nancy at hugofloss.co. Well, yeah, go ahead. Because we many times have said we're open to having guests. I actually have a little note on designercirclehq.com, which is my online magazine that says, you've been talking for your whole life. If you are an expert in your field, we would welcome you to be a guest on the podcast. But here's the thing I didn't say. If you can't talk because you sound like a blithering idiot, don't even bother emailing me. Because there are people that know, well, they do sound okay, but that's why I started using show notes. Because if I don't have show notes and share them, they don't have a clue what we're talking about. If I ask a question, they're just looking up at the ceiling um, and you're saying, hey, how do you know that if you're doing just audio? Well, I used to do this before the pandemic. I did it uh, facing each other. We always had two microphones facing each other and we would uh, look at each other and, and talk and record the podcast. And many times I would ask a question and you could just see their face like, oh, I don't have the cl slightest clue what I'm going to say. Many times I would just have to break in and you know, just kind of change the subject or answer the question for them. So, you know, you've been talking your whole life. Look in the mirror, ask yourself questions and practice because the, well, that's why they have Toastmasters, right? So people can get used to talking in front of people. There are people who can't even talk in front of more than one person. 
I don't think you've ever had yeah. that problem, Dan. I um well, it, it it helps to I think there are two things. One is it, it helps to speak in front of people in general. So, or to, to speak in general, right? So if you if you have a problem with crowds or if you have a problem with because I, I, I did a open mic comedy twice here in Vegas and just talking in front of people is fine. But then the other part of it is talking in front of people uh, where you don't, or it's not your, um, your strong, or you don't have the confidence of like, if I was going to get up in front, like if I was going to get up in front of a, a crowd of people and talk about engineering or computers or things I'm familiar with or my subject matter expertise, like your guests are supposed to be doing, then I would suppose mm-hmm. that I would feel more comfortable, but getting up and doing something unfamiliar, like a stand-up comedy or doing some sort of act or maybe reading your poetry to people at a, you know, open mic is open mic, right? You can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So I I think the, those are two sides of the same coin, so to speak. So you could, so you have things that you are confident about and things that you maybe are not so we'll say comfortable speaking about. And, uh, I, I hearken back to my college days when we would make presentations about our clinic project, which is a, was an industry sponsored project, right? So you'd get up in front of your classmates and there'd be people from the company sponsoring in the lecture hall with everybody. And you're supposed to do a presentation. So my junior year, I had no idea really what we were working on. I didn't really have the, the classwork yet in the topics that we were, we were doing a digital receiver. So digital uh, software programmable radio. I didn't know anything about this stuff. So I was getting up and just parroting words in our presentation. It was really me- a mess. And uh, that, you know, like, wow, that was, that was pretty bad. And I, <laughs> thanks. I didn't really know what I was saying. Come senior year. I did know what we were talking about. I had learned a lot in my year since. It was a different project for Northrop Electronics, and it was yeah, so. I was much more comfortable with the subject matter. I, when I was making the presentation, the slides were out of order. So somebody says, "Hey, that's the wrong slide," and I turned around. And I was like, "Oh, or we could talk about this instead, right?" So it was a lot easier to flow, and th- so, so having the confidence to talk about something, and if it's your topic uh, of subject matter expertise, right? If you're, if mm-hmm. you're a, a paint person and you want to talk about painting house colors, you know, the color schemes on, you should be completely comfortable and even excited about it. You would think and that's something that I think gets lost on people because they, they view it as like, Oh, I got to talk about work. Like yeah, you should be excited. You should pretend to be excited. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's part of the thing. Like media training, that's part of the training is to you know, have your, have your safe home message soundbite, right? Like, well, at, at Acme Paint, we're always concerned about the color scheme that goes into your house. You know, just always have a, a, a home base that you return to when you're speaking. So there's always something to say, and it's always a positive on message comment, things like that, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, there, which brings me to networking. This kind of reminds me of um, the networking happy hours I used to have monthly for um, 13 years until the pandemic. And there are people who feel comfortable at happy hours only because there's a group of people, most of them they don't know. And the whole idea of networking is to approach somebody you don't know 
introduce yourself and not talk 100% about yourself, but to um, build a relationship because you are there to network. And many times I saw people just stand there with their mouth closed and looking down at the floor like, okay, what do I do? Um, And that's pathetic. I would introduce people who felt funny about walking over to somebody. So I would put people together. Then there were the people who don't know how to network. So they just approach somebody with a business card. Hey, this is what I do. Uh, Hi, bye. And then turn around. And so that's another uh, something that you have to learn how to network, how not to come off like a total blithering idiot. Um, I always tell people to bring a smile, bring business cards, and don't talk about yourself 100%. If you feel funny about approaching somebody, go find somebody you know and have them introduce you to somebody, plain and simple. But there are people who can't talk in front of people, can't talk to strangers. I don't know how they get along in life. They, they're just very quiet inside themselves. I guess those are the people who maybe work alone or if they're in an office, they're very quiet. You won't hear them say a word other than, oh, five o'clock, goodbye. So that's what yeah, makes the, the world you, go around, I guess, right? Those are the people uh, that make it onto the news after, yeah. Yeah, he was always so quiet. Yeah, come to the networking events. He never bothered anybody, never talked to anybody. And then uh, who knew? Right. The headline is is, uh, something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. I know. Without bringing that up, you go, yeah, we never had an idea that he hated everybody so much. Well, there you go. He was always so quiet. There was I just saw some comedian doing a bit on that. He's like. Yeah, you should be required to like make a speech or something, or you should be the guy on the on the block who's always talking to people and uh, like uh, to get a, to get a firearm right during the waiting period. They should yeah. be. Yeah. Uh... So is he a very quiet person? Yeah, uh, no gun, <laughs> no gun for you. <laughs> I also read something where they said, you know, when you see people and it's a hundred degrees out and they're walking around with long trench coats, be suspicious, right? Uh, yeah, I guess that was uh from from uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, several places I've heard that. But Let's I mean, face that, it, you. When when uh, when Eddie Murphy and the other two they're in the they're in the uh, strip club, and the people walk in with dusters on, and he goes, "Yeah, it's too hot to be wearing those kind of clothes." So they had shotguns and they were going to rob the place. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was, I am a Jack Reacher fan. And the first book I ever read, um, he was in a subway and he's looking at this guy and it's hot as heck out there in New York. And he's looking at this guy with this very um, heavy coat. What ends up the guy had um, some bombs strapped to him. And he said, oh, and also you could tell that he used to have a beard because his face was real white, but the rest of him was suntan dark or natural color well that would have to be even if he was a natural uh brown person usually your arms and your face are darker from the sun and then if you just shave off that beard you know that terrorist beard your face is white but all these little things of course we pick them up from books or movies or whatever just be aware 
which comes right down to, hey, if you're suspicious about somebody or something, uh, what do you do? Just keep it to yourself or do you let somebody know? You know, hey, there's a suitcase at the airport that's sitting under a chair and nobody else is around. Do you just walk away? Or do you run away or do you say something and then run away? Uh, there, there are any number of examples of all different flavors that that probably have similar answers, right? Whether mm -hmm. it's wearing a mask, or do you tell somebody about the person that you saw doing this, or do you report something that you do? You, what do you do if you see a, a car with the windows closed and there's a kid in there, or a dog, or whatever, right? Do you, do you say, "Ah, eh, not my problem. Eh, I'm not going to wear a mask." Eh. So what if the you know what I mean? Like there's this personal apathy hump to get over. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, people don't often see the results of not doing stuff, right? Not taking action. Like if the person that, to go back to that, to, to if the person that exposed your colleague, mm -hmm. that, that, so if that person were to somehow learn like, oh yeah, 35 people had to get tested because you didn't, do something right you didn't tell you didn't notify people that you were yeah you know, so if, if there was some sort of feedback where you found out like, hey you know what guess what yeah interesting because i haven't uh, said that or asked the person that was exposed to this person my colleague i haven't said hey did you go back to that guy and tell him that he caused um mayhem um you know among several of the people me included. Um, right now he's on vacation, but I will definitely approach him with that question because that's interesting. Is the guy going to have a, I don't really care attitude or, oh my God, I didn't realize. That's when you see what kind of a person he is, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it also, if, the, if it was a year ago, you're like, all right, well, this is a moving train that we're on and things are a little bit crazy, but the, we are, if you look at the, the charts for Nevada, anyway, this is the third, arguably the third wave, right? Mm -hmm. So, but we're, we're going through this again and the chart, you don't even have to, you don't have to make up exciting words. You don't have to be overly descriptive. You just have to put up a chart. Like, look, the, the numbers are going the wrong direction. See how this line is going up and not down? That's it. You don't have to try to. And then because uh, when the mask mandate came back for, for Nevada, it was statewide Nevada because yeah, mm -hmm. they left it to the counties to decide. But he came back. All right, everybody statewide. People are confused. Oh, my God. Now we're going back. I don't understand this. Uh, well, but like I said, just replace smoking and mask, right? So do you smoke indoors? Where did that no. uh, that phrase, uh, oh, my God, we're going backwards. I don't understand this. Are they stupid or what? Well, yeah, so I'm saying like people, people only, they only worry about what they're worried about and uh, how it affects them. And they don't impact, they don't look at the impact on other people or it, like I said, if you just look at the chart, there's really, because here I've made this comment before, uh, they try to make it like a sport like another day of decline of the hospitalization or the, the vaccine, you know, they, they, they try to make it exciting and positive. And as soon as the numbers started going back up, it slipped down 
below the fold on the website, right? So it's not, now it's well, back to front and center, but it, when it, as things were going up, they kind of tucked it away. Like we don't want to raise the, uh, the specter. Well, and I've oh, said this people. from the beginning, the mainstream media governs people. They only tell you what they want to, what they want you to know. So they're not going to tell you the truth. And these people who think, number one, they're the end all and be all for news and current events and what's really going on in the world. Number two, a lot of people um, base their knowledge of what's going on on Facebook. So right there, we got problems. Um, but I think we've belabored this uh, subject. I wanted to talk about the Olympics. Have you been watching the Olympics? Another ridiculous thing. I didn't watch a single moment. I did because yeah, I'm interested in the gymnastics, of course, uh, Simone Biles. And she. I noticed that the media was either all over her for, oh, my God, what did she do to, hey, you know, she's she's got the right to pull out because she's not feeling good mentally and physically. So there's so many arguments pro and uh, against what she did this poor girl this you know i kept saying leave her alone i mean it's her life oh but look what she did you know we didn't get the medals big yeah we deal yeah those are the people who don't even uh walk um but i, I saw something that her aunt died or something that yeah, she actually yeah, had a death in the family and so yeah but yeah. I mean, and she was very transparent about how she was feeling and why she was feeling, and she didn't want to mess it up, either hurt herself or mess it up for the team. So give her credit and then just drop it. But let's face it, what else do they have to talk about? I did watch, uh, as of last night, I said, okay, I've had enough Olympic stuff. And we did watch the basketball game. Um USA team USA and yeah they did get a gold medal like they have all the time but they have to get the background stories of all these people they have to make it sound a lot more interesting than it really is just jump in the damn pool go for the medal and give it to the Chinese they get it all the time anyway on the diving <laughs> right and then this fiasco about Russia they were banned for doping and their ban was supposed to end um was it december of 2022 so they changed their flag they changed their name and they um changed the colors of their uniforms so that they're red white and blue and they let them participate in the olympics now does that make sense i i think the olympic games between countries and making it uh you can say patriotic, but it's really nationalistic. Uh, a nationalistic competition is ridiculous. So yeah. I'm not a, not a supporter of the Olympics myself. So I think uh, they're done as of today. They can all go home or what. They can put those whatever medals they want. And, you know, they've practiced. They've done this. This is their goal. I give them credit for that. I give them credit for doing what they're doing, even though they're in pain. Um, but I think it, it gets to be a little much seven days. Uh, I think there was a, there was a headline today that America or the U S America is a different is not anyway. So the, the U S caught up to China or something. So they make it into this, this uh, geopolitical race. competition. Yeah. yeah. So somehow 
this uh, Biles is um, part of our military now, and we gotta we gotta dominate the world. And I, I just think that's um, it violates the spirit of the what the games were supposed to be. And maybe that happened first when it was uh, the Berlin Games, or maybe it was the 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 Moscow when the when the uh, well the when we boycotted the the in the what year was that seventy six eighty. 80. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Car- oh, it's Carter. So it was before the yeah. election. Um, what's the other one? The, uh, the Munich games when the, the, the uh, Israeli athletes were killed. So yeah, when you turn into this like statement of political or worse, I think it, it, it sullies the, the whole notion. And eventually you have to start saying, is this, are these sporting events or are they proxy? Mm -hmm. or yeah well uh this particular olympic um event drew the least amount of people uh, watching it um i guess uh they're losing interest a lot of people just said yeah or maybe they watch just one part of it the part that maybe they are a runner or they are a swimmer but the person that i did the podcast with that was um, Olympic qualified, but he didn't go because he was part of the 1980s. He actually said they were the most boring Olympics he's ever watched. And he is definitely a um, swimming, diving person. So he watches them. He's coached many of the uh, Olympic um, participants. So for him to say that, uh, I thought that was interesting. So I, I just want to touch on Kazanunzia, which is still alive, and we're still working <laughs> on it. If anybody is uh, thinking, hey, they don't talk about that anymore. We do, but we're working behind the scenes. I want to throw out the fact that, yes, we are still looking for um, guests to be on the show. You don't have to leave your house. You don't even have to take off your pajamas or put clothes on because we don't do anything visually. We record this only audio part is recorded. If it doesn't matter to us what you're wearing, but if you have something good to say or even bad to say, um, we will welcome you to join into our conversation. Do you agree, Dan? Yeah. yeah uh, the Maybe the not putting the, the clothes on. I don't know. It the, doesn't matter. The, the 1990. Uh, distribution is uh, is always at play i think and so uh in, in my travels i have found and maybe you have too in uh, and you listener as well uh so one percent of the people will design or or build or make or you know be the podcast host or whatever nine percent will participate in some way as a guest or responding or chatting or joining the discussion of some, in some way and the 90 percent just silently kickback and uh though they will declare that the olympics are a matter of we mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's the crowd right the crowd that's on the couch but uh, they get upset when the things or the people that get upset when star wars doesn't go their way that kind of stuff right there's the 90 percent, and uh, i encounter the 90 percent 100 of the time which is some f- math fun for you oh so do i um you know case in point I've had three questions posted to my online magazine for about five or six weeks. I also put it in 
the email that I send out to 2,500 people once a week. And in those five weeks, I finally got somebody to answer the question. It's only three questions. I'm not asking to um, review the Constitution and rewrite it. These are simple questions. And I was surprised that I got one answer. And I called the girl. I said, wow, you actually answered my questions. And she said, you know, I've seen them there, but I get busy. How long does it take to answer yes or no? (laughs) Maybe longer than what I thought. I don't know. You You only have to type it. You don't even have to write it. I mean, you don't have to speak it. You don't have to say, like, uh, maybe it's yes or like, uh, maybe it's no. Just quick email. Boom. Yes or no. But you got to offer prizes. <laughs> it seems like you Here's have to offer like people getting uh, vaccines. Oh, we'll give you $100 if you get a vaccine. Oh, we'll give you this if you do that. These are like little kids. Yeah, you can watch TV if you eat your dinner. I mean, when does it stop? No, I think you're absolutely right. And uh, that, that that is essentially the, the little kid thing. That's just, That's it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what's in it for me? Well, you get to live and you don't infect other people. That's uh, what else you got? Yeah. Uh, you want a hundred dollars? What else? A, you got yeah. a, can I get uh, 250,000? hundred dollars isn't cool. enough. Well, like I said last week, that woman who won 250,000 because she was in the lottery, she was one of the ones, I guess, who got vaccinated. But then the other people would go, yeah, but what are my chances? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Well, it is uh, the lack of, as I, I I often quote Penn Jillette of Penn and Teller, who has said various versions of this, that Las Vegas is a city built on the inability of people to do math. So it's not just Las Vegas, but Las Vegas is like the manifestation of the fact that people completely misprioritize things mm-hmm. you know I, i'd rather drive because it's safer than flying well actually it, statistically it is not <laughs> no because i always read about well you know because people don't actually understand what they're being told wow uh, when, when you emulate them you sound very intelligent dan <laughs> yeah i'm gonna run for governor yeah or i'm gonna go not to a, vegas and i'm gonna make my first million there I don't think so, because if they did, look at who's winning. Las Vegas keeps building and building and building. They've got all this opulence and all of the casinos. So you tell the average gambler, do you really think you have a chance? Because look at this. You paid for it. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the simple answer is that people are not building. They're not they're not handing out. Well, what is it? You don't you don't build casinos by giving people money. You build it because you take their money. So people that assume that I'm going to go to Vegas and win money. No, you're not. So other people will rationalize and say, well, you know, you got to pay to have a good time. And personally, I don't think it's, I, I, I every once in a while I would play craps when I was here for Comdex back in the day. Mm-hmm. So we'd go to downtown uh, back when it was the horseshoe. Now it's Binion's. Mm-hmm. It, was, it used to be called the horseshoe, but now it's Binion's. Um, they had 25 cent craps. So you would just play it. You could take $20 and play craps for hours. That was fun because it's more of a social game. 
because you're not laying down ten thousand dollars like the high roller tables yeah so this was this was cheap entertainment and the entertainment didn't come from losing the twenty dollars it came from going out with your colleagues from work and having a nice time and uh, social interactions and then when i was there for uh my college roommate's bachelor party and it was, I mean, yeah, it was, it wasn't too raucous, but it, it certainly wasn't like the hangover movie, but we did play craps at the gold nugget mm-hmm. and his, his friend, his best man for his wedding was his like friend from elementary school or something. And he was a sportscaster, So he was very personable and very, you know, like a, a fun character to be around. And he was, he made it a, a good time for the little crowd of people. And we were playing craps and it was just fun. So yeah, that as a social game, it's fun. And, uh, but otherwise gambling to me is just um, handing money over. Cause unfortunately, and how old do you have to be 18 to go to Vegas and gamble? Uh, 21. Oh, 21. And so oh, wait, no, no gambling. Well, gambling in a casino, you are going to be around the alcohol. So that basically you have to be 21, but I don't know if technically, if you only have to be 18 to gamble, but you have to be 21 to drink and because all that alcohol. So I don't know if there's an alcohol free casino here. I, I've never really thought about that. No, but because be they want you to drink so that you have no clue what you're doing. So you keep pouring the money into their hands, but I get a kick out of these kids that once I guess they're 21 or bachelor parties, their big thing is to go to Las Vegas and drink their heart out and gamble and act like total fools. I don't know what the pleasure is in that, but I have many times gone to Vegas and I'll just look at these people. People watching is a great sport. It doesn't involve drinking. It doesn't cost you anything. And you could just sit Park yourself somewhere in Vegas and just watch people. I think that that's probably my joy in going to Vegas. Yeah. Uh, there are a few YouTubers here, which we've talked about this before, and they mm-hmm. wander around the street. That is their <laughs> their 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 job is they literally wander around with a with their cell phone mm-hmm. and they comment and one guy, well, two, there are two guys here that seem to be, I'm not going to say they're the top two, but they, they, they get some attention and, you know, they, they'll get a deal to do on-premise production, which normally the casinos don't like it when you wander around the, the casino floor, for example, like, yeah, yeah. Don't, 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 don't shoot in the, uh, anyway. So what is it? Jacob, Jacob's life in Vegas, I think it is. And the not leaving Las Vegas guy, Stephen J. Mm-hmm. And they both, they, they both, they just wander around talking to people and then they ask for money, which is fine. But I know the Jacob guy like made fun of a panhandler. Like, Oh, look at this. This guy's are asking for money. Hey, if you want to support my channel, <laughs> doing the same thing. But they, uh, the, uh, the point I was going to make is that I don't have to go wander around on the strip or in downtown on Fremont. They do it. And I've watched, you know, I'll watch a few minutes cause that's about all you can take. Cause it's just the same place every weekend, but they're the, the crowds and the, the no masks and all that stuff. And, uh, the, the problem I think is that the CDC and the, 
the Fauci's of the world. They they've been so inconsistent with the. For if you're in a car and you somebody slams their brakes in front of you, do you say to yourself, "Well, according to what they told me when I was getting my driver's license, uh, I don't have to stop if I don't see brake lights." They said that to you. No, I'm just saying, like, if somebody, if they say something very specific, but you find your, you know, so if they, they give a, a description that isn't all inclusive and universally correct, but it's just more a guideline, right? The driver's manual lays down the laws, but it doesn't lay down common sense. Mm -hmm. So prima facie speed limits, they don't really understand what that means, but, do, but do you, um, I think you just hit it. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's called common sense. Well, so the, just like I was saying with the gym, the, the, the mandate says masks indoors. It used to say up until May 14th, it used to say masks indoors, social distancing, at least six feet. Um, restaurants had a capacity limit of 50%. Gyms and hair salons and whatnot, same thing or or fewer something but now masks only so there's no social distancing so people don't so you know what i mean they followed exactly what they say as if it's a child who said you said i could watch tv from midnight to 6 a.m and yeah so they're they're really getting picky but really somebody should just say hey i don't want to get sick i don't want to cause other people to get sick so i'm just going to go ahead and pretend that i'm sick and i'm going to act but instead they say just like the slamming on the brakes uh, well, this isn't a scenario where I'm supposed to slam on the brakes because I read in the book and the governor said, you know, no, 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 no. You should be in the situation you're in and say, hey, I can infect people. I don't know if I'm sick. So therefore, I will wear the mask and like, like. Yes. No. Well, no, you that's okay. The, you said like because you were comparing. That's fine. If you if you look at the charts, like I said, you don't have to you don't have to look for the sportscaster like rundown of the virus numbers. Look at the chart. The chart is going up during the time. I wish the charts would have little arrows that point out when there are policy changes, right? Like mask, such as, instead of like about that, such as a, a an arrow that points to the date that the mask mandate went away or the date that it, that it became active, I guess. So if you point out these dates and you make a note of the 14 to 45 day lag time, so if, if you could illustrate these things visually so people could say, ah, and I did this uh, when I first started tweeting. I have a Twitter thread that I've been updating. And so on May 17th, I said, well, let's see where we are in 45 days, which was July 1st. And 45 days later, like clockwork, because the math does work, we were up at 10%, 12 or whatever it was. And then July 4th came around. So I said, okay, well, now we're going to see what happens in mid-August because we have the big July 4th celebrations here. Mm -hmm. And nobody is saying, oh, if I go and, I, and I'm and i near people, yeah, but I'm outside, so it doesn't matter. Well, they're already showing if you are packed next to The only reason it works to be outside and not be too concerned is that people usually don't stand shoulder to shoulder in a packed house outside you know, you're moving around and the airflow and whatever. But if you are packed into a, a venue, an outdoor venue for Lollapalooza or for 4th of July in Vegas, then people are going to get sick. And it, uh, the reason I will go on and on about this is because, yeah, it is common sense. If, if, they, if the education about this scientific matter would have been less political and more honest and transparent, 
then it wouldn't be, well, you said you, you, we could be six feet and I'm, I'm seven feet. So that, no, it could be up to 18 feet sometimes, you know? So if the science were made clear instead of the, uh, the games and the politics and the silliness, then people like your friend there, your friend's friend would say, Oh, I'm not vaccinated. I hope I don't cause 35 people to upset their day by having to get tested. And then they have sick people that they, you know, nobody, nobody thinks that through because yeah. that hasn't been made clear throughout. Yeah. Well, it just dawned on me since everybody has at one time or another worn a mask, uh, you would think that people who maybe have allergies, who sneeze a lot, should wear a mask. Even if this pandemic, you know, plays itself out and everything is fine. I think if people have a cold or they have allergies, if they're going to sneeze, if they're going to cough on people, just wear a mask. Yeah. Well, that I think they've shown that this year, the flu season took such a dive. <laughs> right. And it's unfortunate, though, because of the simple minds that are floating around out there and because of the initial bad messaging. If you if you even say influenza in the same breath, haha, as COVID or SARS-CoV-2, then uh, technically influenza, SARS-CoV-2, and then if you catch the flu, the influenza is the virus, but the the flu is the disease that you get. So COVID nineteen and the flu. If you say those things too closely together, they get conflated and like, oh, so the flu is like COVID? No. Well, allergies aren't like COVID, but still, like I was saying, if people would wear a mask, if they have any sort of allergies, not that allergies are catching, but who wants to be sneezed on? No, you're right. And it's possible that wearing the mask may provide some small amount of protection against inhaling the pollens or the dust or whatever, because it is a barrier, right? So mm-hmm. you might, you might get some benefit. Uh, when I was walking home from the gym two days ago, we had the, the bulk of the smoke from the fires. So it was, it was literally uh, hazy and it, mm-hmm. it didn't smell awful. Like I didn't smell anything like burning, like, like, like uh, there was but it wasn't it, I, as I was walking, I didn't say, Hmm, that smells like a fire. It was more, wow, I can't really see as far. <laughs> and, uh, like a San Francisco fog or something, right? Like you, you, mm. you know that you are not uh, in the clear skies of normal. So Oof. when when this was happening, I was I, I left my mask on when I was walking home. I figured, hey, you know, why not? A little extra. Yeah, I'm um, talking about common sense. Um, I like the way we have dry weather, no rain. Although we did have rain for a week, but that's unusual. So. The forests are dry as a bone, and they still have to say to people, no more campfires, because otherwise you're going to start a huge forest fire, which many people have done. So there again, case in point, people don't have common sense. Yeah. Gender reveal party that started the forest fire last year or two years ago. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And now that is it the Dixie fire? There's a fire in California that's the largest that they've ever recorded. I wonder how the that largest. one started. Oh. oh, that one might be PG&E. Oh, really? The, the, I've seen so I haven't really been tracking because it's California uh, day-to-day news, but I believe uh, there have been a couple of headlines in the last week or so that 
PG&E is saying that they cannot rule out that their their equipment was a cause. That's so we'll a surprise that. that they might admit it. Well, Dan, another Sunday, another podcast, and another um, wonderful subject that we <laughs> that we uh, talked about. Well, as we approach my big move, I'm sure I'll have more to talk about uh, that isn't COVID-related. Do we have a countdown? What is it, three weeks now? As people are listening to this, uh, today is the 8th as as we record this. So when we post it tomorrow on the 9th, which will be today or yesterday for some, I will have, it will be one month until I am in Phoenix. So I will be moving out of my humble abode on the 6th of uh, uh, September. Yeah. Then we'll have some real copy on uh, our podcast, what it's like to live with your parents again. Yeah. Well, for uh, seven, it'll be well seven or six weeks. Whatever. Between my, uh, whatever. I'm, I'm counting myself lucky that I didn't get stuck Without a, I mean, Nevada has drastically increased our our gasoline price is over four dollars a gallon, and rent, uh, mortgages have gone up over four hundred thousand dollars. So it's definitely a a seller's market. Mm, I've got to say, our gas is down at uh, maybe three dollars and nine cents the last time I looked. And you're just you know lucky that we opened the door and that you're going to live with us. Oh, we're so That's excited right. about that. Anyway, it's time to go, Dan. I've got so much um, on my plate, as I usually do. I just want to say that I hope everybody enjoyed this podcast. We don't really talk about anything where we get into an argument, although we have different views on a lot of things. We try to keep it copacetic. Um, Again, I know I mentioned before that I have um, designer circle hq.com it's an online magazine for the design community but also welcome people that are not in the design community but want to know what's going on and it's basically about the arizona area and my other podcast home design chat with nancy is all about design everything you wanted to know about design whether it's the questions to ask when you're putting in a swimming pool or how to pair wine because wine goes with your kitchen with your entertaining with your friends with your um yeah with your house so listen to home design chat with nancy it's about a half hour long and it's on many platforms and it's i've been doing it for oh more than four years if you have any questions for me and you want to know more about what the heck I'm doing, it's, you can email me at nancy at hugofloss.co. And Dan? You can, uh, you can do all of those things and email me at dan at hugofloss.co. We do have our show notes newsletter that is available at hugofloss.co.substack.com. Uh, there I put in links to things and I mention such things as how to contact us or how to visit our buy me a coffee profiles, which you are not obligated to actually buy anything. But I know I keep um, a profile page there with links to the various newsletters and podcasts and projects. 
And I'm actually, uh, we also, we have a weekend newsletter as well, but I don't think anybody actually subscribes to it, but <laughs> it's more of a blog with no recipients. But uh, I did mention that the, um, my little project before I move is to put some websites up, which, which sounds like it should be easy, but that's a whole nother podcast episode of, uh, of what goes into that nowadays in the new, the new era of, uh, complication. So anyway, so I'm, I'm working on various projects and I have links to all of them on my buymeacoffee.com slash Dan Hugo profile page. And soon there will be other projects and the Casa Nunzia project that Nancy mentioned is on the, on deck to file some paperwork so we can form a nonprofit and I'm moving and, and, uh, avoiding getting sick here in Nevada, one of the hottest of the hotspots. So all kinds of good times, all kinds of excitement, mostly staying from, uh, doing it from home. Yeah. Living well, from home. You got four weeks before you move. You got a lot to do. I am working on four remodeling projects. So between the two of us, yeah. we are very busy. And look at this, we're doing a podcast and we're still busy. I don't like when I hear people say, well, I can't do a podcast with you because I'm busy. It's always the busy person that gets everything done. Just remember that. Anyway, it's been a pleasure, Dan. I want you to have. I, it a, has. I want you to yes, have indeed. a safe day. And yeah, I, yeah, probably just staying home. Yeah, me too. Avoiding the ozone and the. Yeah. Me too. Have a good one. I love you. You too. Take care. Have a good week. Have a good month. We'll see you next time, next month, and everybody else will. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye, Dan. Bye, Nancy.